Hi, I'm Jesse, and this is Red Cloaks Radio Extra Innings. We've got a great conversation coming up today. My co-host today is Martha from Boston Red Cloaks, and we have some awesome guests. Hi, I'm Laurie. I'm with Indivisible Mass Coalition and Keep Cud Women for Change. And today we have Michael Messinas, the Democratic candidate for Barnesville's 2nd District. Hi, Michael. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi, everyone. And we've also got some other exciting guests with us. Hi, Erin. Hi, how are you? I'm Erin Andrews, local mom from Centerville and a member of Keep God Women for Change. Hi, Erin. Hi, I'm Janet Jokum. I'm from Centerville, uh, a potential constituent of Michael Messinas and I am one of the co-founders of Cape Cod Women for Change. So glad you're here. And hi, Robin. Hello, it's a delight to be with you all today. I'm Robin Gunderson. I live in Ketuit. I'm a realtor and I am senior advisor on Michael's campaign. We're really excited that you're here today. So Michael, we've been following the arc of the ROW Act. We're really interested. First, big picture. Why have you decided to run? First, I would like to thank you all you know, for, impor- for the important job that you guys have been doing. It's tremendous and it's so important, you know, uh, when it comes to children, women, and families. So thank you so much for the work that you do. Now, going back to the question, why are you running for an office, right? Everybody had asked me the same question. The answer, it's simple. First, I want to lift up the voices for those who hasn't been heard. I want to be able to be their voices for them. I want to listen to them. I want to learn from them. And I also want to lead them on the issues that is very important and impact all of us when it comes to women issues, when it comes to small businesses, when it comes to working families and neighbors who are hurting right now, you know, through this pandemic, when it comes to homelessness and people that are hungry in our district. Um, Our district is really underserved by our current representative, and we can't wait. When you talk about leadership, it's been a theme for us exploring the leadership that's currently in the state house, or what we may see as a lack of leadership. Sometimes it's hard to talk about the Roe Act because what it's really about is reproductive justice, and it's taking a look at abortion as healthcare. And for many people, for different reasons, they're just not comfortable talking about it, even if they believe in it. How have you managed to break the ice and become more comfortable talking about the Roe Act? Working in a medical field, you know, um, also having first experience, you know, at home with my wife, um, it really makes me, it makes me really a champion when it comes to the Roe Act. You know, and, and as funny as it is, it's like, why are we having this question again, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we shouldn't be having this question when it comes to the Roe Act. It's every individual right to make the decisions. Uh, and it's so important. I, I just don't understand why we are here in 2020 and we're still talking about that. I've experienced at home and I am a champion when it comes to that. Michael, I know that your religion and your faith is a big part of your work and you've started health ministry and Hyannis. Um, oftentimes one's religious affiliation doesn't intersect with talking about abortion as healthcare or about in particular the Roe Act. Why have you chosen to stand up for this and how does your faith kind of play into this, this issue? I appreciate your question. Yes, I am a Christian and I do have a strong faith. However, my faith and my personal values uh, doesn't have to interfere with your choices, right? Um, it's a women's choice. It's not my choice to make. And who am I to judge, right? When I said that, in, you know, at the beginning that 
I'm a, I'm a big champion when it comes to that is because I've experienced that firsthand and I know what it's like. So also being an interpreter, working in a medical field for a long time, be on a bad side, right? And see what, you know, what women goes through to make that decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes, it made it made me to have a totally different perspective when it comes to that. So my faith and my beliefs doesn't have to interfere with your choices, right? So it's simple as that, simple as that. And again, I'm not God to judge you and your decision. Um, when it comes for you to make a decision or any women's to make a decision, it's her and her and herself alone. It's, you know, this is between her and her provider that she trusts. My faith doesn't have to interfere when it comes to uh, 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 to that. Now, one of the things I would like to also to elaborate when it comes to the Roe Act, a lot of religious people would say, well, you know, I can't believe you are, um, you're not against abortion. And and let's let's be honest, the Roe Act is not just about abortion, right? It covers so many areas, so many things that people don't normally talk about, right? When it comes to abortion, there is many different levels of abortion, right? And the fact that I am 100% supportive of that, again, I've been through it, I live to it, and this is what I do every day. So I, I hope that answers your question. I'd like to ask a question, not directly about the Roe Act, but what I'm wondering is what exactly do you do? Maybe if you, it would be helpful to know what you do in the medical field. Well, I work as a trilingual medic interpreter, and also I'm a mental health clinician. I've been doing this for close to 20 years now, actually. So I, I started doing medical interpreting back in 2000. And I don't know if you know much about uh, the professional, but working as a medical interpreter, it gives you a, you know, this advantage of being around everything that had happened, that happens when it comes to uh uh, healthcare per se. And I've been very involved when it comes to OBGYN, also maternity delivery, and also the abortion clinic as well. Wow. And you, you talked about Roe has a lot of other factors. And all of our other invitees have been talking only about, about abortion. So I would think it would be interesting for our listeners to know what are the other factors on it. So could you let us know, please? Absolutely. First, birth control pills, right? And, uh, you know, also STDs advocation, sex education, and also having a prenatal, right? prenatal treatment, and the list goes on. But it seems like to me that a lot of people, they are uncomfortable because they only think about abortion in a negative way. I think with the Roe Act, what's made it so attractive to me as a mom, I have two kids. I have never faced a situation where I've had to think about terminating a pregnancy. The Roe Act ensures to me that pregnant people are people. So if there's a woman who is unsure of a pregnancy, that she's able to talk to her medical provider and thanks to you and others like you, be able to have that interpreted appropriately and culturally sensitive and in her own language where she can really feel supported. And also that if my daughters have to uh, make a decision between keeping a pregnancy or not, that this is on the books so that their decisions are theirs, that um, if I'm not able to 
to be a support to them that there are their medical professionals who can provide some advice and guidance and I just I thank you for being there at the bedside of people who really need additional care and support. Oh absolutely and it's so yeah. amazing brought that up because being a you know a medical interpreter especially for people that comes from other countries and they don't know how to navigate they don't know how to advocate for themselves they don't understand the laws um, and that's when we as an interpreter we we are there and we are helping them you know interpreting them in a way that can that they can understand Michael what languages do you interpret I speak five languages but I do Portuguese I do Spanish I speak Portuguese Creole Almora que gusta bom dia bom dia gusta bom I speak like five words of Cape Verde Creole <laughs> One of the sticking points with the Roe Act, and it's almost like it's an excuse for a lot of people to disagree with it, for a lot of candidates to disagree with it, is the issue of teenagers who have to get permission from a judge. Uh, we know that 23% that of the teenagers who seek an abortion go before a judge. The others can go and get parental permission. But in order to have an abortion, you need either parental permission or a judge's okay. That process can take two weeks. It delays the ability to have a medication abortion. And again, it seems to be the biggest almost excuse for some people to disagree with this. What do you think about that, about allowing teenagers to make their own decision and not have to go before a judge? Our representative right now is not a co-sponsor of the World Act, no. as you know, which is very disappointing. Because I believe it's standing up for what's right, you know, it breaks down the barriers uh, to access healthcare. All right. So we all need to have a legislation on the book that protects access to care without needing to go in front of the, the court. Right. Once for all. Always, like I said, I will always be a champion for this, no question. I don't think no one should have to wait for that long to go in front of the court. You know, it's a lot, it's a lot of shame, it's a lot of hurt, and it's a lot of time waste. Thank you for that, um, Michael. Um, that's one of our major concerns, and I'm sure in your work you probably have seen how people struggle with the system that wants to shut them out or at least make it very difficult for them to access it. And We've, over the past months, year, 18 months has it been, I don't know, we've, we've slowly come to understand this, this bill as a social justice, as a racial and social justice bill, because it, it addresses the inherent uh, discrimination in the current law and how it disadvantages those who are most disadvantaged. So it's, it's very... Um, very heartening to hear you pick up on that and you, you seem to, to get it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, well, thank you. Um, it's a pleasure. And I love this. You know, I love this because people need to be educated. It's only take a time for you to really sit down, listen and try to understand and learn from it without, you know, before judging or making your own decisions. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's what I try to do every day, you know, on my my work uh, during my work time and also when I talk to people. Um, one of the things that I also would like to let you guys know that it's, you know, I was fascinated actually to do, which is also part of my health ministry organization. I created a uh, women's health seminar 
every year. So this is our, uh, our third year. And the reason why I did that was because I wanted to focus and when it comes to education women, right? When it comes to sex education, the anatomy, having health prenatal care, access to care in general, and having a speaker, I mean, a doctor uh, who were able to advocate and give them the elections that, that the community actually need outside of the office. The first year we, when I had that, the, the health ministry, what do we call the women's health seminar, the first year we had over 100 women. The second year we had 165. And then the third year we had over 200. So just to see how important it is to educate, right, on that topic. And a lot of them, you know, was a non-English speaker. And they were very surprised with system, you know, with the things that they didn't know about before. And it was a chance for us to educate and give them uh, the tools that they needed for them to continue with their care and decisions making. One thing we've really seen is a uh, lack of education through the public schools that really gives people knowledge of their body and how it works. There's a cursory kind of mention of things in fifth grade. There's a little discussion about menstruation. Usually kids are divided by gender at that point, so they don't always even learn about each other's bodies. And even health, you know, health class when it can be afforded in some school systems, it might be for a quarter of a year, it might be once a month, it might be part of PE class, and many schools don't have it. So it's really interesting that you found this way to provide education to people. If you don't know how your own body works, it's really difficult to navigate. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And, and it's funny because, you know, I was like, it was only me, I was the only, actually, I wasn't the only male, it was me and somebody else's who were helping me at the door. Um, but everybody else was all women. <laughs> and I remember one of the, you know, Dr. Shoot, Tara Shoot. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dr. Tara mm -hmm. Shoot. I remember I had the conversation with her and she said, oh my God, Michael, I can't believe it that you invited me to do this. And I'm talking about, excuse me, my, my language, you know, I'm talking about vagina in a church, but everybody was so excited and everyone was coming to me and say, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. Um, and why it took a male to do that. So, I, you know, I really would love to encourage many other males out there um, to do the same thing, you know, because it's so vital. It's so important to do that. Absolutely, Michael. And number one, vagina is not a bad word. So you don't That's have right. to watch your mouth. That's vagina, right. Woo. Yeah. I it's was going to tell you the same. We should call things as they're called. Vagina, right. penis. All of it. Um, all of it. Everything but, has a name and not a surname, an apodo. How do you say apodo? Like a nickname. A yeah. nickname. Yes. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Absolutely. <laughs> but Michael, sometimes it's using your privilege as a man to make that space so that other experts and women can get in there to help educate one another. So having legislators who overwhelmingly are male in our country and in our state be setting the stage for we're going to have women uh, at the forefront of this conversation. Women's issues are going to be talked about. Um, and people with uteruses who are not always women, non-binary and trans men and all of our community members that they're at the table so that uh, their voices can be heard. That's what we're looking for. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's like I said, you know, this is an individual decision, regardless of the gender 
or their gender identity. We've said several times that the state house is pretty white male right now. So I have to just make a small joke because we've been told there's more people named Michael than there are women and your name is Michael, but there are fewer people of color and it makes a big difference because who's at the table and how they identify and where they feel more affinity is really important. So wondering if you thought about a little bit what it would be like to move into this space that is still pretty limited. Yes, you are absolutely right. Well, I've thought about that. Um, but I do believe in working together, right? Um, I think that we can agree to disagree, right? And, and also having some common ground um, and try to find a way to listen to each other, right? Uh, the bottom line is try to find a solution for a problem. Um, and that's how I look at it. Michael, we noticed that you started out as an independent candidate here in Barnstable. Um, and now you are a Democratic write-in candidate. And we're wondering how you are finding that and are you hopeful and how will you get the write-ins and, and what's going to happen there? You are absolutely right. So I was running as an independent candidate uh, in the beginning of my campaign. You know, let's, let's be clear. Um, I want to I wanna win. I'm in it for, to win it, right? And my goal is to unseat uh, the person who's been sitting right there right now who has a very narrow mind and vision, right? Uh, he chooses to really represent only a small part of his own community. And after we talked, me and my team, we talked, we decide that we want to go hat to hat with Will Crocker. And the only way to do that would be to do a write-in to eliminate my one of my opponent who his vision doesn't really align with the Democratic Party per se. And that's pretty simple, you know. My name is already on the ballot, no matter what, for November 3rd. But I'm trying to get things, I'm trying to do things the right way. And the reason why is, like I said, you know, I am in it to win it. I don't want to waste energy. I don't want to waste any time. I don't want to waste anybody, uh, you know, in anybody's time. So um, in order for us to really have a successful results, uh, I had to do it, the write-in campaign and eliminate Kip. When I first ran for local government in our town meeting, I was a write-in and I got a big pencil. So if I can find that big pencil, I'm going to send it your way because it makes a great visual image. You put a Facebook picture, like write me in. Please do, please so do. So do people need to know how to spell your name? How can they find out more about you? The way we've been doing that, um, we've been really good at, you know, we somehow with all this pandemic, right? Uh, this campaign has been very different from anything in the past, as you as you all know, but we've been very good, very good with being proactive and also being very creative in creating things. So we've been hosting uh, a lot of virtual community conversations. You know, we've been having a lot of robust social media presence, uh, explaining to the voters how to do it in different languages also. And that's pretty much what we've been doing. We've been doing a lot of stuff, you know, and try to educate because a lot of people, they don't know, what does it mean, a right end? What is a right end, you know? Uh, so that's the part where we have to educate everyone. You've done a great job. Your mailer was really good. And I don't know how widespread that was, but my husband said, what, is, what do I do here with general court? And I grabbed your mailer and I put it in front of him and he 
did it exactly as you had written. So his mailer actually has a picture of that part of the ballot and his name filled in. Right. So right. That you understand because it doesn't say state rep, it says general court. General Not court. everybody right. understands that. So True. that was, it's a really good way to do it. And I think that image of, the, of your name written in to that place is a great image to share on social media too. Thank you so much, Janet, you know, um, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm so humble for that. So I really appreciate your support and your husband as well. So yeah. So I just wanted to jump in to say that um, as a team, we did a lot of research um, on this decision. We spoke with election attorney, um, spoke with the Secretary of State's office extensively, the general counsel there as well, to make sure that we were dotting our I's and crossing our T's about this. And um, there's settled law. People simply need to indicate that it needs to be clear that they've indicated a vote for Michael. They can misspell his last name, move the S and the C, move around an A and an E, get as close to Michael Messinas as you can. And it's also helpful to fill in the oval. Even if the oval isn't filled in, the vote will be counted. So we tried to make this as simple as we could. Thank you, Janet, for your feedback on that. It is representative in the general court. So if people look for that word representative, and people need to pull a democratic ballot uh, in order for these to all add up <laughs> in, in the right way. Fantastic. Well, it's M-E-C-E-N-A-S, Messinas. And Michael, you may end up being another Michael in the State House, but it sounds like you'll bring along a very different framework. It's been delightful getting to know you. Thank you so much for making time to come and be with us. And thank you to Janet and Robin and Aaron and Lori for joining us as well today. Um, and we will put up a link for your website. And thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you all very much. I really appreciate, again, the work you guys do. Tremendous job. Keep doing that. And let's do this together. Thank you. Thank you. I'm impressed. You were thank right. you very much. See you next time.